Um, again, I want to thank Pastor John for sharing last week. And um, Again, it was through many trials that we got him up here, but we finally got him up here, and I'm believing for another one and stuff. So, um, But if you didn't hear the message, I want to encourage you to go to our website or go to your podcast and find it and listen to it. it it's awesome. Um, so I just want to throw that out. Um, as we get started today, you can go with me to James chapter 1. But I have a question for you that I want you to think about. And if I remember, I'll answer it for you. I, as I'm going through this, I can't say that I'm going to remember to answer it. But here's the question. Of all the sins that there are, what is the greatest sin? Of all the sins that there are, what is the greatest sin? I believe that there's one that, yeah, is the answer, but I'm not sure that we think about it in, in the way that God thinks about it. So, um, if I remember, I'll give you that. You're in James. I'm going to read out of Genesis chapter 3, starting in verse 1. We've looked at this in the past. The title of today's message, You Will Be Like God. You Will Be Like God. Genesis 3.1 Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God made, had made. He said to the woman, Did God actually say, You shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the, tree, of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. That's a lie. Verse 5, for you know, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate and she also gave to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both, of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. So, as we read this, I want to remind you of what it says in James chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 12 to 15. It says, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Now, we've looked at verses um, 13 to 15 before, but I forgot to throw verse 12 in, so that's why I want to bring it in today. Because it says, blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. The word trial there is a unique word. And from, that, from the root word for trial, you you get the word test, but you also get the word tempt or temptation. And uh, let's read and then I'll tell you what it is. Verse 13, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. And so that word there, he says, who remains steadfast under trial, 
Have you ever felt when you're being tested by God, it feels like a trial? And when you're going through a trial, you wished it was a test. But here's what, we are the ones who decide which way that word goes. Because if we pass it, it was a test. If we fail it, it was a trial. But regardless of how it comes out, we can't blame God on it. Okay? So I wanted to remind you of that because what we're going to go through, we have to have that understanding to be able to work through this. Now we're going to go back to, um, you will be like God in verse 5. For God, Genesis 3, 5, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. And then this is his definition of God, knowing good and evil. Now the reality is, is if that is true, how did God know evil? Okay? So, there is no evil in God. He is pure goodness. Okay? But the enemy comes along and he, he's tempting them. And that is the only power that the enemy has over us, is to convince us by deceiving us that God is not good. Okay? That he is holding things back from us because if he holds something back, then he doesn't have our best interest in mind and we aren't really like him. And so the enemy's job is to bring in evil. And, and we'll get to how God knows about evil in just a second. Okay, It's not any. He's pure good. Psalm 34, 8 says this, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You can't be good and evil at the same time if you're God. So when you take a bite of God, you're, you're taking a bite of goodness. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in Him. Oh, fear the Lord, you His saints, for those who fear Him have no lack. So when we trust uh, the young lion suffer. Uh, want and hunger, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. You see, that's the way it is with us in God. When we come to Him, we lack no good thing from Him. He withholds no good thing from us. And we need to understand that because the enemy comes to us and part of his temptation is to get us to believe and deceive us into thinking that God is withholding something from us. That it's not all, you know, that there's more but you just can't have it. And the funny thing is, is if you read in Genesis, the enemy comes to him and says, can you eat of any of the trees? Well, they already could. And she, she answers correctly, well, we can eat of all of them except four. And so then the enemy is trying to get her to see, oh, you're just lacking this good thing. Because when you take of that, you're going to be like God, and you're going to know good and evil. The only thing that they knew right now was good. In Psalm 84, 11, it says, For the Lord God is a sun and, a, and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold for the, from those who walk uprightly. Whew. When you're going through a temptation, when you're going through a trial, you need to remember these. You need to have these scriptures down. Because the enemy will come to you. Because it still works, believe it or not. Oh, well, God doesn't have his, your best interest in mind. 
God's, God doesn't want you to do that because He didn't want you to have fun. You know, there are limitations that God has put in His Word for us to walk in. We'll get to that in a minute. But, oh. So, we have to understand God's Word and, and to be true to His Word. They took the bait. They sinned and their eyes were open. And now they were like God, knowing good and evil. Okay? They failed to hold on to truth. And what they saw and heard from the enemy distorted their thinking. And then Adam sinned. In John 14, 6, it says this. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the truth. He is the way. And what we need to do is make sure that we're attached to Him. I love Diana's word about abiding with the Lord. And she didn't know my message this morning. So. But that is what we are to do. We're to be abiding with the Lord. He is the way, the truth, and the life. You want to find true life? Then hang around Jesus. Get glued to Him. Be stuck to Him. Be intertwined with Him. And you'll have all of this. Now, I would be it would be great, I would be thrilled if all I knew was Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. But notice what he says later in John 16, 13. John 16, 13, Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes. Now we have the spirit of truth. So we don't just have the person of truth, but now we have the spirit of truth. And it says, and Jesus says, when the spirit of truth comes... This is what he's doing. He will guide you into all truth. Woo! Isn't that awesome? He's not going to lie to you. He's not going to tell you something that isn't true. He's going to, the spirit of truth, when he comes to us, when he starts to lead us, and when we yield to him, he's going to lead us into more truth. Woo! Uh, let me finish it. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So God's word, Jesus, is truth. It does not change. Jesus, the Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, which means he's not changing. So truth is not changing. And it doesn't change to meet the culture or the society of the day. It's amazing to me how many believers have said, well, that was just back in that culture. And, you know, they were addressing issues back then, but that doesn't apply to today. Yes, it does! Truth is absolute, timeless, changeless. It's an anchor and a safeguard. And so we need to have truth in us. But just as the enemy twisted the truth of what God said, he's still doing it today and people are still falling for it. And I'm talking about born again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking people who are still falling for the same lies that the enemy is dishing out. Because they don't know the truth. And they want to look at the truth and then they want to change it to match them. I remember, 
years ago here in Chuck Swindoll, and he was talking about, and I know I've shared this before, but I just love it. He says, you know, uh, he says, we've heard the saying, if the shoe fits. He made a new one. If the shoe fits, change shoes then. If your shoes aren't lining up with the Word of God, then change your shoes. Don't keep walking in the same shoes, in the same manner, in the same way. Change your shoes. You know, it's amazing to me how we try and get God's Word to line up into our lives when we're to line up into the Word of God, into the truth that God has. Mm. So, again, you have to understand that until the fall, the only thing that Adam and Eve knew was good. They didn't know evil until after they sinned. And so we have to um, wonder, why did God give them this instruction not to eat? It wasn't for their harm. It wasn't because He was withholding something good from them. He, he put this in there because He was withholding evil from them. He didn't want them to experience harm and hurt and pain and everything else that comes with sin. Death even. He didn't want them. And so we have to come to the place where we understand that when God sets limits in our lives by the Word of God, it's for our good. It's for our peace. It's for our protection. The same truth, Jesus, God's word, is for today. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14, it says this, Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, for me, when I read this, nowadays I think about these people who, um, who don't wear their pants above their hips. They may have a belt on, but it's just for looks. And they've done studies on that. Do you know that actually hurts their hips when they walk with their pants down too low? And a belt on there? And... And I think about it, that's how some of us Christians are trying to live. We're trying to fit into the world, be cool like the world, and so we're going to let truth hang down when it should be girding us up. It should be the belt that is around us that keeps us strong and upright. And so we need to have the belt of truth. That means that we've got to be in the Word of God. We, we have to study it, not just read it, not just memorize it, not just take 15 minutes of it. But if we're going to do anything for God, if we're going to become anything for God, we have to know His Word. And so, back to the question. If God is good, how does He know about evil? Here it is. You ready for it? Or Luke chapter 10, verse 16. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You see, Satan, Lucifer, the devil, whatever name you want to call him, he was the archangel in charge of worship. And it was his responsibility to lead the worship in heaven of God, and he didn't like it, and he rebelled. 
And so that's when evil first was on the earth. And it came through a fallen angel. And so Jesus said, I saw him being kicked out of heaven. That's how he knows what evil is. So, now that we have all that, what does it mean you will be like God, knowing good and evil? Because we read this, but then sometimes I think we, we read things and we don't get a full understanding of everything. We just kind of read over this and it doesn't mean anything. So, here's what it means. You will be like God. Knowing good and evil. When Satan said this to them, this is what he meant. You ready for this? You will be like God, knowing good and evil, and you will be the ones who determine truth. You will be the ones who determine what is right and what is wrong. If you study this out, that's what it's about. And when you think about it, that's exactly what the enemy did to them. When he came and met them in the garden, he challenged the Word of God, got them to twist the Word of God, and, and deceive them. And now they are the ones who are choosing right and wrong. They are the ones who are determining what is truth. Once they ate. So instead of God being the one who determines truth, who determines what is right and wrong, who determines morality, now man will. Woo. And then we wonder why we're in the condition that we're in. We, man, humanity, as individuals, we are the ones who choose what is right, what is wrong, what is truth, and if that doesn't scare you, nothing ever will. Can you imagine this? We are fallen people and we're going to be the ones who choose what is right and wrong. And yet that's exactly what has happened to this country. We, have, we, we are fallen and this country has come to the place where we are letting man choose what is right and what is wrong. No longer is God the one who determines what is truth, what is right and what is wrong. It is man who has determined that and that is why we're in the place that we are in. We have elevated man so high that we have taken God out of the equation because we don't need Him and we're the ones who determine what is right and wrong. We don't need His truth. I am. Thank you, brother. This realization, this lie has been going on for years in this country and throughout all the world, but now we're starting to see it in this country in particular, and now we are seeing the manifestation of it, and we are in the place where what is right is wrong, and what is wrong is right, because every man is determining what is truth. There are major problems with this that we have to consider, and, and so I want to spend some time, and you know, I, I apologize first of all, because I thought this was going to be a a one Sunday message. So you're going to have to come back for the rest of it, but I apologize in advance. I, I really thought it was going to be one and done, but it's not. 
If God is no longer determining truth, determining what is right and wrong, and man is left to do it, here's what we need to figure out. Which man do we listen to? Which man do we listen to? Each of us has our own opinions. We have our own filters from life to determine what is truth, what is right, and what is wrong. And since we're all different, since we all have different backgrounds, we all have different filters, we all have different opinions, who is right? And since we are all different, and we all have different values, we have different morals of what is right and what is wrong, of what truth is. And no wonder we are in the condition that we're in. And all this being true, then who is right and who is wrong? Truth is no longer truth, and now we get to determine what truth is. Which means you will be like God, knowing good and evil. I remember at the beginning I asked you about what is the greatest sin. This is a reminder. I hope you've come up with it. Now, I don't mean to, I'm not trying to stir up trouble, but man has lost their minds. When we have become those who determine what truth is, here's what they say to us now. Tell me you haven't heard. Follow the science. And when I hear that, I just like want to shake them. Follow the science is what they tell us. And I just want to yell, who's science? Because I would prefer God's science over your science. Because you have lost your mind. God hasn't. And because we are the ones who determine what is truth, what is right and wrong, if we don't like something, we can just change our minds. We can just call it evil or wrong, and we can change the standard to our liking. Because after all, we are like God, and we know good and evil. And when they say follow the science, it's their science that they want us to follow, not God's. And I'm going to give you a perfect example of this where they will not follow the science. When a child is delivered and you pick that child up, there is science from God that has been involved to determine the gender of that child. You don't need to think about it any longer. You have to have lost your cotton-picking mind to decide that that child is something other than what it is scientifically. And if you know your science, you have to understand what it takes for a female to be born. All the different things that have to happen miraculously. And then, if you're a male, the same thing. And then we get this whitewash over our brains that really messes us up. But we're a male. 
And their science today says, well, that's not the way it is. How do you feel? We have lost our minds. If we want to follow the science, then follow the science. A male is a male and a female is a female. But no, we want to be the ones who determine what truth is. And so then we are the ones who de determine truth. And guess what happens? People get confused. They don't know who they are. And God had already determined it. Why did he determine that? Because he said that is best for you. But you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And so, even though this is how you are scientifically, but if you would like to change your mind, and you want to change because your feelings are something else, then you can do that nowadays. I don't know if you heard, but they're trying to not have gender on the birth certificates anymore. You will be like God. You're going to let a... Never mind. I can't say it. It's amazing to me. Follow the science. I got one more. And I don't get this either. But it all, there's something that's taking place, and we'll get to it as we continue to explore this. You see, everything is determined by our feelings now. We don't want anybody to feel left out, feel hurt, feel like they don't get it. Like if you're in, in school and you're trying to teach them something and they don't get it, it's like, oh, we feel so sorry for you. No, bring them up. Teach them. So anyways, here's another one. Follow the science. Then I want to know how come 2 plus 2 doesn't equal 4 anymore. If we're supposed to follow the science, my science says 2 plus 2 equals 4. But nowadays, 2 plus 2 doesn't have to equal 4 anymore. And if it doesn't, everybody's happy for you. And I'm speaking from experience, and I hate to tell you this, but being in the classroom, do you know what the standard is now? If you don't want 2 plus 2 to be 4, that's okay. As long as you try something, all you have to do is try. Just try. Try what? That's what I want to ask. Try what? Well, you tried to make 2 plus 2, 4. Or you tried to make 2 plus 2, 8. Oh, okay, so you tried. You're wrong, but you tried. So that's good enough. And I, I've heard this. Well, just give it your best shot. What? Give it your best shot in school when you're supposed to be learning? 
Look, if y'all don't like this message, blame it on the anesthesiologist and say that he gave me too much, all right? But I got to tell you something. Two plus two equals four, and I love that science. And I had minor surgery, and you know, I told you about it. But I am so thankful that the anesthesiologist didn't decide how much medicine to give me to knock me out according to how he felt that day. I'm glad he didn't say, well, I feel like I'm going to give Richard this much. And Richard needed more than that or he needed less than that. I am so glad he knew the science behind how much he should give me. I don't want a doctor who gave it her best shot to remove my cyst. I want a doctor who knew how to remove my cyst because she had science behind it. I didn't want her waking up in the morning and say, well, I feel like I'll just remove a little bit of it if I can. If you can, I don't want your best shot. I want you to get it out. I mean, it's like we have lost. Sorry, honey. We have lost our minds. Follow the science, but they don't want to follow it. Y'all probably not going to let me have surgery anymore, are you? One and done, right? (laughs) I understand. I don't want it either. But it's, it's just so amazing to me how we have fallen. I, I am so thankful that the doctors knew what was right and what was wrong. They knew what truth was. And, and they knew it from science. And again, when we are the ones who determine what is truth, what is right, is right and wrong, we do it according to our feelings. And... Our feelings are subjective. They're subjective according to each person and how they're feeling that day. And it can change from day to day, moment to moment. You know, when, when you don't have God's standard, the truth of God's Word as your standard, then today if you want to be something other than what He made you, you can be that. Tomorrow you can be something else too. And they call it fluid. I'm like, you've been drinking the wrong fluid. (laughs) And so it's scary. All right, I remembered. So what's the greatest sin? And... I don't, I don't think it's hard to figure this out. But, you know, in our minds, we can list them all and, and we can think, oh, that's the greatest sin. Here's, here's what I believe is the greatest. And this is my opinion. It, I think it's backed up from the Word of God. I think we've seen it in all of what I've been sharing, especially out of Genesis chapter 3. Here, here's the greatest sin. It's called unbelief. is when we choose not to believe God. When we choose not to believe His Word and to walk in the truth that He has established for our lives.
And when you live according to your feelings, you can't live according to God's truth. Because your feelings will change. They'll, they'll go. They'll, they'll come and go. In Isaiah chapter 40, I, I read that to open up the service today, and it was talking about how God, you know, He doesn't sleep or slumber. I mean, He, he doesn't change. And that's an awesome thing for us. But what the enemy tries to get us to do is to walk in unbelief. To doubt God and to walk in unbelief. If you stand with me, please. We'll continue this later, but it is so vital that we be a people seeking God's truth. When I was typing this up, I just put in there truth, and I felt like the Holy Spirit said, no, not truth, my truth, God's truth. It is so vital that we be a people seeking out God's truth, not just truth, but His truth. And that we come in line, we come in agreement for it, for our good, for our peace, for our protection. God has placed limits for us to live in. And I thank God for it. Because those limits are what give us His goodness and His peace and His protection. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the love that you have for us. And I thank you for your word this morning. And Father, I pray that we would be a people who are more concerned with pleasing you than we are about our feelings, than we are about what others think about us or what others say about us. Father, let us come to the place where we want to be pleasing to you, and to be pleasing to you means that we have to walk in your truth. What you have declared right is right, and what you have declared wrong is wrong. And Father, I pray that we would be a people who know the difference because we walk with you, we've studied your word, we've memorized your word, we're putting it into practice in our lives because we want to be a people of your truth. And we ask this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right, be blessed. Have a great week.